Well, I hope you're excited about Christmas. As you can tell, I am. You know, I love Christmas. I love the singing. I love going through the, I do. I love going through the stores. I don't like buying a whole lot, but I like going through the stores. And this year, I had more people say Merry Christmas to me than they have in the last 10 years. Isn't that something? You know, God is alive. And I think, finally, in our country, they're starting to realize that Jesus is real. That Jesus is real. We're going to talk tonight about uh, the shepherds and about the angels. And, you know, there isn't a whole lot more that can be said than it hasn't already been said. And I told the Lord that. <laughs> and he said, hold on. You know, and I said, but Lord, you know, I, I don't want to go over the same thing and go over the same thing. It's a great story. And, and I really feel that he led me in one way, then led me in another way. And I got excited about it. I see things that maybe I haven't seen or I, I read it, but I haven't seen it. You know what I'm saying? And I worked on it the last few days and, and this morning at 3.30 in the morning, I woke up wide awake, wide awake, and this message was on my mind. And there was a part there, and, we're, and the first part we're going to talk about is peace. And God ran me back through some of the times in my life where I needed that peace. So tonight, I'll get going later. Tonight, let's get going, okay? In Luke 2, 8 through 14, you know, and you know the story. The shepherds were out in the field. They were minding their own business. They were taking care of their job, doing their thing. And an angel, and an angel appeared in the sky. Now, I get a kick out of this because what the angel says, don't be afraid. It says here, they weren't afraid, they were terrified. Have you ever been terrified? Have you ever been terrified? You know, I remember once, Pastor, I was 15 years old, and I was out hunting, and you knew Don. Don just passed away. I was out hunting with Don, and if you're a duck hunter, you'll know what I mean. I was out in a layout, first time ever. I was out in a layout, and if you don't know what a layout is, you're sitting out of the lake with decoys around you, and you're laying back with your gun over this way, and the waves are crashing all over you, and it's fun. <laughs> And I remember thinking, in fact, I even told Don, I mean, I'm 15. I told Don, was my brother-in-law. I told Don, I said, Don, what happens if I fall out of it? He said, well, come and get you. I said, okay. Well, they had, you know, they were, in a, they were in a boat, so they took off. And as I watched them go, and I watched them go, and I watched them go, and I thought, they're going all the way back to land. If I fall out, they'll find me tomorrow sometime. I was terrified. I was terrified. And then I'm thinking, now if the ducks come by, I have to sit up. I had a double barrel 12, and I have to shoot them, and it's going to knock me right out of the stinking boat. So I know what being terrified is like, okay? But here, here we have brave, strong men terrified because an angel appeared to them. What would happen in your life today if an angel appeared to you? Now, all of you men, if you're sitting by your wife, this is a good time to say, she appears to me every day. Okay? It's Christmas. 
Okay, mine isn't here tonight. So I'll tell her when I get home. <laughs> but an angel appeared. And he says, don't be afraid. So that probably kind of relieved a little bit of the fear. That probably kind of relieved a little bit. And then he goes on to start telling them what's going on. He says, there's a baby being born. And I want you to go see this baby. And then, what's it say? And then a heavenly host of angels appeared. Now, if they weren't afraid before, now they were scared to death. Because here is an army. Listen to me. Here's an army of angels, a host. That's an army, a big army. Here is God's army appearing to them. And I don't think it was just five or ten here or five or ten there. I think it was his army. You know, there used to be a song, Pastor, we used to sing. He could have ca called 10,000 angels. There was probably 10,000 angels up there. And he says, don't be afraid. Now, I would be afraid. But I want you to look at what they said at the end here in 14. Glory to God in the highest heavens and on earth, peace. Peace to all men. Peace. And King James says to all men, so that's what I'm going with. Peace. Now, they're afraid. They're scared. And they said, peace to all men. Now, all of us know, all of us know, and if you're following that, the shepherds were terrified. That was number one. Number B, uh, suddenly a, a great host appeared. And then peace to all men, or peace among all men. Peace on earth and goodwill toward men. Peace on earth and goodwill toward men. Now think about that for a minute. Think about that for a minute. Number one is peace on earth and goodwill toward men. Has there ever been peace on earth? Has there ever been peace on earth? You know, I'm old. I've been around 73 years. I don't remember peace. What kind of peace was he talking about here? So let's take a look at Isaiah 9, verse 6. Going back in the Old Testament. For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. Prince of Peace. There's the peace that they were talking about here. He'll be called the Prince of Peace. Well, what's that mean to you, the Prince of Peace? Well, let me say, let me give you a few things. That means he is peace. Jesus is peace. He is the only one that can give you peace. Peace originated with him. If you want peace, there it is. And without him, there is no peace. Now you can say, well, well pastor, I've had peace before without him. I'm talking about Real, honest-to-goodness peace. Yeah, we have peace that lasts once in a while, didn't we? You know, there's peace that, you know, that, uh, especially, I'm, I'm talking about before you were saved. Yeah, we would have peace once in a while, but that real peace that we knew, that we knew, that we knew where Jesus was, that we knew what real 
peace was. You know, I never realized what real peace was until I was about 25 years old. I thought I knew. I thought I knew. I want you to look at B down here. Know him, no peace. That's K-N-O-W. Know him, no peace. Without him, N-O, there's no peace. Knowing him, you have peace. In other words, to have this kind of peace, there needs to be a relationship with Jesus. you got to know him. And God, only God can give you that peace. That peace that, there's an old saying, it passes understanding. I don't understand it. I don't understand it sometimes, how God can give you that peace. You know, all of us had times in our, in our lives where it's been hard to have that kind of peace. Maybe before you were saved, maybe even after. Some disasters hurt, something, something happens, and all of a sudden that peace is gone. And we think, what happened to my peace? What did I do? Where did it go? It could be in your job. It could be in your home. It could be in your marriage. And your thought is, what happened? What did I do? You know, this thing that I want to do it my way. No, that don't work. How many of us tried that? I want to do it my way. It don't work, does it? Because you'll never find peace trying to do it your way. You'll never find peace trying to do it your way. There's going to be times when Satan, and you've got to realize, he's our enemy. If you don't think you have an enemy, we have an enemy. When Satan wants to throw everything he's got at you to destroy that peace. And once in a while, we're human, aren't we? Once in a while, we kind of give in to it, don't we? Don't look at me like you don't know what you're talking I don't know what I'm talking about. Because I do. You know, and Pat, I shared this with Pastor, so. But a few weeks ago, Pastor preached a sermon. I mean, he preached every sermon. But he preached a sermon, and he mentioned forgiveness. He preached on forgiveness. And I sat there and I thought about that, and I thought, yeah. Yeah, forgiveness is great. And I got home that afternoon and Satan started working me over. Satan just started working me over. You never really forgave. It was just this and it was just that. And I sat there thinking, you know, I thought I did. And then he started throwing some other stuff at me. And pretty soon I was ready to give up everything. You know what I mean? I thought, man, I'm a phony. And then I realized, hey, wait a minute. 48 years ago, I got victory over that and God gave me peace. So I had a little time, Norma sat there and she was, she said, you all right? I said, no. <laughs> but leave me alone. <laughs> because it was me and God. And I had to go back and I said, God, I'm sorry. And I had to go back and say, Satan, you're a liar, you're a cheater. Get out of my life. And I got victory. But Satan can bring those things and he can try to destroy your peace. Don't let him. I played with it way too long. I played with it way too long. 
So, Romans 5, 1 says, Romans 5, 1, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. People tonight, if you're saved, you have peace with God through salvation. He just doesn't just save you and leave you. He just doesn't forgive your sins and say, go your, go your way. And if you need me, call. No, he gives you that peace that you can walk knowing that tomorrow is secure. That peace that knowing that forgiveness is done. It says it's buried in the deepest sea, never to be brought up. Remember that. God is not going to bring anything up. Your sins. It says that he forgave them, he forgot. Our problem is we forgive, but we don't forget. That's a problem we have because we're human. But God forgets. So if it comes back again, it's not God pointing his finger at you. Remember that. I try to. It takes me a while sometimes, but I try to. But there's that peace that you know that you know God is in control. Ephesians 2, 14. For he himself is our peace. You know he knows me. You know he knows you. God knows your name. God knows your name. He knows more about you than you do. He knows what makes you tick. And he awful knows what ticks you off. He knows what makes you happy. And he knows what makes you sad. He knows tomorrow. Isn't it great that he knows tomorrow? I'm glad I don't know tomorrow. But I do know that it's in his hands. He knows that about us. Colossians 3.15 says, Let the peace of Christ rule in your heart. Let the peace of Christ rule in your heart. You know, if you only have that peace up here and you don't have it down here, there's a problem. That peace has to start not up here. It has to start down here and work its way up here. The mind can be a tricky thing. But when that peace of God is in your heart, it's a peace that, that's hard to understand. It's a peace that's hard to understand. You know, I remember, I remember almost, Pastor, like it was yesterday, that I wanted to give up and throw everything away. I was done with everything. I was done with everything. It's 48 years ago. I lost everything. And I remember that night, praying with God, praying. And I said, Lord, I don't know what to do. Lord, you have failed me. I remember telling him that, Pastor. You got to blame it on somebody. I can't blame it on me. Lord, you have failed me. My friends have failed me. And then I realized, no, I failed them. And I said, Lord, I'll never forget it. Lord, if you'll have me, 
I don't want part of you. I'm going to give you everything I got. And Lord, I haven't had peace in a long while. And I don't know if I'll ever get it. And I'll never forget that night. I walked out of that house. We were in a small group meeting. We didn't call them small groups back then. We called them Sharon's. I walked out of that house that night with peace, not knowing, I'm being honest with you, that if I ever see my wife again, not knowing what tomorrow was, not knowing if I'd be able to raise my little girl, but I had peace that whatever happened, God was in control. That's what I was going over this morning at 3.30 in the morning. God said, remember what peace is. People, it's possible. It's possible. It's possible. The wonderful thing is God did the same work in Norma's heart that night, and I didn't know it. And neither one of us knew if it was going to work. But God knew. He knows tomorrow. He holds tomorrow. He is tomorrow. I don't, know how we, I don't know how much more peace you can ask for. But that peace is real. That peace is real, and it's for each and every one of us. If we're willing to grab it with everything we got and hold on. You know, when I gave everything to Jesus, I gave it all. I mean, I gave everything. There was nothing left. But then I grabbed on with everything I had, and I held on. And it was a wild ride. It was a bumpy ride. There was some hard, you think it was an easy ride? Heavens no. It was a hard ride. It was a strong ride. Do you know that we lost all of our friends because we got too religious? I didn't need those friends. But you know what? I got all brand new ones. I got the family of God. There's nothing better than the family of God. But that's peace. That's the kind of peace that that little baby, born in a manger, brought with them. That's the kind of peace that the angels was talking about. Peace unto all men. Jesus has that peace if we want to accept it. That peace comes when we give God control. That peace comes when we give God control. Does Christ rule in your heart? Or is there a fight going on? Or is there a fight going on between this and that? You'll never have peace when there's a fight going on. It's Jesus everything. And then there's that peace. It's a great peace. I don't mean, I'm, I'm trying not to be too hard. Am I too hard? I'm trying to be just honest. But that's what we need. That's what that little baby, you know, I'm going to talk about, about the shepherds in a second. I wanted to get the angels done first. Because I've I never seen that before for some reason. I, how many times have we heard peace on earth? And I thought, there's no peace on earth. But it's that peace that is given to each and every one of us. Grab it, hold on with everything you got. God never, he doesn't fail. We'll fail him once in a while, but God never fails. He never fails. And he'll pull you through times that you'll look back and say, I don't know how I ever got through it. 
He'll pull you through situations that you'll look back and say, I didn't know God was even there. I prayed and I didn't get an answer. I didn't hear from him, but God was there carrying me through it. Oh my goodness, time is getting fast here. Let's go on to shepherds. I love, you know, when we talk about shepherds, and I don't know about you, but I was raised in church. I was raised in church, and, and Becky, Pastor, you know, every Christmas there was, a, there was a Christmas play. And being the biggest kid in the group, I'm sorry, but I, what do you think I was? I was a shepherd. You know, I was a shepherd. And I enjoyed it. We had to dress up in these costumes. I'll tell you why I enjoyed it. Because it was a Sunday that my dad came to church. My dad came twice a year. Christmas and Easter. And both times, it was because his only son was in a program. I enjoyed it. I could come up there and I could smile. And I'd turn around I'd smile at my dad and he'd wave, you know. So, you know, all of us were shepherds probably one time or another. At least we play. If you grew up in church, you were, I definitely was never an angel, you know. I don't know why, but they never asked me to be an angel. I do know why. Uh, but, you know, there were shepherds going in the field. They were there. They seen, the, they seen the angels. They heard everything. And it says they left. They left. You got to realize this. They could have got fired. They could have lost their job. They left their sheep. They left their job and went and followed what the angels said. And, you know, and I'm thinking about those shepherds. And I don't know how many it was. You know, usually there's two or three shepherds in a program, but I got a feeling there might have been even more than that. And they came and they looked at this Jesus. And I'm sure they're not even sure what they were looking at. But you know, I'm picturing them looking at their Jesus and I'm picturing Jesus with his eyes open and looking at them. And here these shepherds are looking at the good shepherd. They're looking at a baby who is going to be the shepherd of shepherds. And they didn't know it. I think there's a reason. And I'm, I'm stepping out of my own here. But I think there's a reason why God sent the angels to the shepherds. So the shepherds could come and look at the good shepherd. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? I may be wrong, but I'm not. If I am, I'll add it in the Bible. <laughs> I'll read it. It's in, my, it's in notes. So tonight, I want to talk a little bit about the good shepherd. I want to talk a little bit about the good shepherd. In John 10, 14, Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep, and my sheep know me. Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. People, he's our shepherd. And it says that he knows us. Ruth, he knows you. He knows you. He knows you and he knows you and he knows you. He knows us. He knows our voice. But it says, and we know him. 
and we know him. I'm glad Jesus knows me. I'm glad he knows everything about me. Sometimes it scares me. I'll be honest with you. It says he calls his sheep. In John 10, 2 and 4, he talks about him calling his sheep by their name. And he leads them. It says he leads He calls the sheep by their name. He knows our names. And he leads us out. Jesus leads every one of us when we give our life to Jesus. He's our good shepherd. He's not going to lead us astray. Lord, are you sure? Have you ever asked that question? I have. Perfectly honest with you. Lord, are you sure this is what you want me to do? I'll never forget when Pastor asked me to come on staff. I almost laughed. We were out for dinner. I was getting off the board. And I went home and I told Norma, never. <laughs> that will never happen. That's not me. And then things worked out. And I just kept saying, Lord, are you sure? Lord, are you sure? Pastor was sure. Lord, are you sure? And God is led and God is God. It wasn't because of me, it's because of God. God is a good shepherd. God is a good shepherd. It just took me 36 years to realize what God wanted me to do. <laughs> but God knows what he's doing. And it says he goes ahead of us. He goes ahead of us. And we follow him. You're not going to go wrong when you're following him. He goes ahead of you. He goes ahead of you. And he knocks down the things that's in your way. And he clears a path. And it's that path that you walk down. It's that path that you walk down. When he stops, you stop. When he goes, you go. That's what he means about he goes ahead of you. You know, when the shepherd stopped, the sheep stopped. The sheep didn't say, hey, shepherd, what are you doing? Man, this isn't where you want us to be. Yes, it is. Because he knew what was up ahead. He knew how tired you were. He knew what you needed. That's the good shepherd. That's the good shepherd. He goes ahead of us. His sheep follow. And the sheep knows his voice. Do you know his voice? Do you know his voice? When Jesus is talking to you, do you know his voice? I want to tell you about an experience that I just had just a couple days ago. Talking about knowing his voice. I haven't, never, I haven't shared this with anybody. I was in a store and I was buying something. And there was this lady ahead of me and she had two little kids and she's fumbling through her purse. And I'm right behind her and I'm thinking, oh, come. I didn't want to say it, but oh, come on. The guy behind me was saying it. Okay? And she's fumbling and fumbling and fumbling. And finally she found her credit card. And she stuck it in there. And it got denied. 
and got denied. And she pulled it out, and here's these toys for the kids and some other stuff and some clothes. It wasn't that much. And the Lord said to me, this is knowing his voice, people. You've been there. Jesus pointed his finger and said, you've been there. So I said, hey, here's my card. The checkout lady just looked at me and said, use this. I know it's good. And this lady started crying. She thanked me. You know what I'm saying? No, I'm not, it wasn't me. If it was me, I would have said, get her out of the way and let's go. You know what I'm saying? I know me. <laughs> but so does God. See what I'm saying? No, it's, I'm just giving you an example of following him. Now, I am not usually... I don't sometimes listen that well, okay? <laughs> I got to watch how I say that. But you know, and then I got up there. And the... The checkout lady is crying. I said, don't cry because I'll cry. And she says, I was ready to almost do the same thing. She said, they needed it. I said, yeah. The guy behind me that was complaining, and he was really complaining, he looked at me and said, thank you. He couldn't say too much, but he said, thank you. But see, that's knowing his voice. That's knowing his voice. I wish that I could say that always happens. But that time I listened. That's exciting. I want you to go to Mark 6, 34, and all of us know this. It's where he fed the 10,000, or 5,000, well, I think 10,000, including everybody that was there. It's where he fed the, the 5,000. And it says here, I am, Paul, are you trying to keep up with me? I'm sorry. Oh, where am I? Okay. You know, it says when he landed, he saw the crowd. When he landed, he saw the crowd and he had compassion on them. Now look at this. Because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began to teach them. Sometime we look over some of the simplest things that are in these, because what did he do? He did a miracle, man. He fed 10... 10,000 probably, he fed 5,000 people. But before that, there was something there that you need to see. He's seen us, he's seen them wandering, and he said, they need a shepherd. People, that's us today. That's us today. God's seen us wandering, and he sent his son because, that little baby, because he knew we needed a shepherd or we weren't going to make it. We weren't going to make it. And then I want you to see what the shepherd did. He said, he taught them. He taught them. We got a shepherd that wants to shepherd us, that died on the cross, and he wants to teach us. We need to be teachable. We need to be teachable. And he just didn't teach them because what the disciples say, okay, good, you taught them, send them home. Good 
good disciples, weren't they? They wanted to go to sleep. They wanted to eat. Jesus said, we need to feed them. We need to feed them. It says he taught them and he fed them. He taught them and he fed them. When you're in God's will, when you're where you're supposed to be with Jesus, the good shepherd will teach you and he'll feed you. That's why it's so important. And I'm talking about spiritual food right now too, just not hamburgers and hot dogs. I'm talking about spiritual food. That's why it's so important to be in his word. That's why it's so important to be in service. So God can teach us. God can teach us. I'll tell you what. I have sat in the service when pastor's preaching on a Sunday morning, and I'll look at that and I'll say, wow, I just, I, I just read that last week. And, I, and, you know, and I, all of a sudden I think, wow, you know, I know that. And all of a sudden he starts to teach it, and I figure I didn't know it. Are you listening to me? Sometimes we think we know, don't we? God, you don't have to teach me that. I know that. And you know what? He's a good shepherd. And he'll teach you. They used to be called running around the mountain. And he'll teach you. And you may have to come back again. And he'll teach you again. And you may have to do it again. And you may have to do it again. Until you say, I got it. Pastor every once in a while will say, did you get it? And we say, we got it. And every once in a while, God will say the same thing to us. Did you get it this time? Or do I have to teach it to you again? He's a good teacher. He's a good teacher. He's a good shepherd. And he'll never lead you astray. He'll never lead you astray. Walk down that path with him. You may not know where it's going, but he does. Don't be afraid about tomorrow. Because he's tomorrow. Don't be afraid what's going to happen. I'm 73 years old. You know, I don't know what's going to happen next week. You know? One enormous sister-in-laws texted her today and said, hey, we need to get together as a family because we don't know how many of us will be around next year at this time. That's true. We're all getting up there. Jesus knows. Jesus knows. He's the good shepherd. Oh, I, I, you know, when I read that, I started jumping up and down. Because I don't know about you, but I was wondering. I was wondering. I'm going to the next one, and here's where we are. Some of us have been there. Um, Luke 15, Luke 15, 4 through 7. And it's the parable, parable of the lost sheep. It says he had a hundred sheep. He had a hundred sheep, and one got lost. One took off. One went on his own. Anybody been there? Anybody been there? I've been there. I've been there. All of us have been there. That lost sheep. Every one of us people sitting in this room today was a lost sheep. Every one of us. And you know what? God didn't say, hey, I'm happy with the 99. He'll find his way back. He'll find his way back. No. The shepherd said, hey guys, stay here. I'm going after him. And he went after that one sheep. And you know, I got a feeling that it was a long trip. I got a feeling that he went, well, let's see, he's not over here. Maybe he's over here. I'm talking about the shepherd. 
And all of a sudden, he found that shepherd. And probably that shepherd was ready just to go, that sheep was ready just to go in the swamp. Maybe he was caught in a thicket. You ever been called in sin? And you didn't know where you're going? That sheep probably sat there and thought, how am I, you ever been there? How am I going to get out of this? I've been there. I got myself in a mess because I walked away from my shepherd. I'm talking like a sheep right now. And how am I going to get? And all of a sudden, the shepherd walks in. He moves the garbage out of the way. And he reaches down with his hand. And he picks up that shepherd, in his, that sheep, in his hand, in his arm. And one by one, he starts picking the burrs. He starts picking the sin. He starts picking the things that the world threw at him. He starts picking them off. And then he takes a rag out of his pocket and he wipes them down. And he pats them. And you got to remember, he knows his name. And he calls him by name. He says, hey, I'm glad that you're back. And I can almost see that sheep looking up and smiling. And then he does something that he's done with every one of us here. He throws them on his back and he carries them. He throws them on his back and he carries them. I got a feeling it wasn't a little sheep. He probably was a pretty good size. But how many of us has God thrown on his back and he's carried us when we were down and out and we didn't know a way back? How many of us? Every one of us. And that's God. That's our good shepherd. And you know what? It says that when he got home, he told all of his friends, hey, rejoice, I found the sheep. And you know the same thing happens today? It says when one saved, what? The heavens rejoice. I have found the sheep. I have found the sheep. I know I'm going long. But people, this is good stuff. This is good stuff. This is something that we need. This is something that we have to remember what that good shepherd did for us. He cleaned us up. He brought us home. And he put us back in the fall. And that's why we're here today. That's why we're here today. That's why we're with our friends. I bet that sheep came back and he had a story to tell. And every one of us people have a story to tell. Let's tell it. Let's tell it. I'm trying to figure out how I want to go from here. John 10, 11 through 14, says Jesus is a good shepherd. It says Jesus laid down his life for his sheep. People, Jesus laid down his life for us on that cross. He gave everything he had. He knows all about us. He knows your needs. And he wants to give you that peace in your heart. He knows you. And we listen to him. And we have peace. Listen, the sheep had peace because they were in the flock. The, they had peace because they knew his voice and because they were close to him. 
I want to get close, as close, as close as I can to that good shepherd. And I hope you do too. You know, in closing, let me just say that, you know, we don't need an angel appearing in the sky. We don't need that. They did then. The angel appeared in the sky and he told them where to go. He told them, go to see the baby. But we have the Holy Spirit telling us, go to the cross. Go to the cross. Because that's where it starts. The shepherds went to the baby because that's where it started. And we go to the cross because that's where it starts in our life. That's where God takes us and he picks us up and he has to carry us once in a while. Psalms 23, verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. You understand that? The Lord is my shepherd. There's nothing else I need. I have it all. It's all wrapped up in Him. I'm not talking about worldly goods. I'm not talking about fancy cars and a great home. Those are benefits. I'm talking about love and peace of mind and peace of heart and knowing. You know, God has promised us people an inheritance in heaven. I can hardly wait sometime. I'm getting closer. I can hardly wait to claim that inheritance. I can hardly wait to see my inheritance. My inheritance is probably going to be small. But you know what my inheritance is? I'm going to see my daddy got saved. I'm going to see my daddy. I'm going to see my mama. I'm going to see people that I led to the Lord. I'm going to see a brother-in-law I just done a funeral for. That's the inheritance I'm looking forward to. But there's one more thing I'm going to see. I want to see my Jesus. Not the baby in the cross. Not the one who died upon the cross. But victoriously standing with his arms open and saying, Rick, welcome home. That, my people, that, my people, is our good shepherd. Let's stand and pray. Our dear Heavenly Father, tonight, we thank you for Christmas. We thank you, dear Heavenly Father, for the baby. For the baby and the peace, dear Heavenly Father, that was put upon his shoulders. The peace, dear Heavenly Father, that he gives us through salvation, through the cross, through his shed blood. That peace, Heavenly Father, that none of us in this room understand. But we have it. So, Lord, tonight I thank you. I thank you, Heavenly Father, for Christmas, where we can celebrate Jesus Christ. Where the world has to look and say, yes, this is Christmas. It's all about Jesus. So, Lord, tonight I just pray, Heavenly Father, as we walk, as we walk in that path with you, lead and guide us. Lord, may this Christmas, which is just a few days away, be the greatest Christmas that we've ever experienced. Because, Lord, you're in the middle of it. 
and it's all about you. It's not about me. We ask this in your precious and holy name. Amen. God bless you. And if I don't see you between now and then, have a good Christmas. But let me say this. Let me say this. Sunday morning, you don't want to miss. You don't want to miss it. Pastor's got a Christmas message. I don't know that, but I know him. I know him. You don't want to miss it, and you don't want to miss Christmas Eve. If you got company coming in, I just talked to a lady today over at, over at uh, Christoph's, and she said, well, my sister's coming home, she said, and I told her, she, I said, well, I'm going to be in church at 5 o'clock. Come on with me. That's, she don't go to this church except on Christmas. <laughs> but that's what we need. huh? Invite people out. Have a good time. What a great way to start Christmas. God bless you and have a good day. Evening.